Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The One Thing Podcast. I'm Chris Dixon. And I'm Sarah Hendricks. Today, we had a great conversation with Nicolette Richet. Nicolette comes to the table with so much knowledge about healthy living and wellness. And it really beckons the question, is health a lead domino when it comes to success? Because in order for you to make smart decisions, clear-headed decisions, in order for you to be more productive, sometimes the core of what needs to happen is change within yourself and your health. Absolutely. And I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, it's, you're interested in growing and you're interested in personal development. And how can you be the best version of yourself if you're not paying attention to your overall physical and mental health? And some of the conversation we go through today, it was wonderful with Nicolette, uh, opens up what does it mean to have healthy nutrition and diet? And how does that influence your ability to make good decisions, deal with challenges? How does it impact stress and anxiety? And how does it help you show up as a better version of yourself at work? Yeah, what really resonated with me is when she started talking about teams and how, you know, in order for you to promote healthy living within teams, you also have to do that within the homes of those team members with their spouses, because it's truly a community of healthy living and healthy eaters and it reverberates out. So please enjoy Nicolette Roche. Hey, Nicolette. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Guys, we have Nicolette Richet with us here today. She had me roll the R for the audience there. Uh, Nicolette, we're lucky to have her. She is a highly experienced international speaker. She's done a TED Talk and she has 15 plus years as a regenerative medicine health educator and a named force for good by Tony Robbins, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, Nicolette is savvy, uh, as a wellness facilitator in the regenerative medicine field and is on a mission to eradicate chronic disease. That's a big task. So Nicolette, thanks for being here with us. Should we add entrepreneur to that as well? Is that, <laughs> that I feel like we could keep going on. Yeah, for... I mean, the list is long there with those accolades. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Entrepreneur as well. And mm -hmm. yeah, mama three, but yeah, thanks for having me here. It's really a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Well, I mean, Chris gave a little bit about your bio, but why don't you dig in for us? How did you end up in this field and how has it impacted you over the last couple of years and what you're doing in the future? Yeah. 15 years ago, a friend of mine, he was, uh, well, my friend's dad, but who also became my, one of my dearest friends. He was 72 at the time, got diagnosed with cancer and he was an entrepreneur really, really like a huge go-getter. And he got sick. There was no other medical treatments offered to him. He was given three months to live. And so he turned to metabolic nutrition and he implemented that into his life. And he ended up living another 22 more years. What? And what's so cool about, and this is with no other treatments, no cancer or no chemo, surgery, radiation. But what's so cool about the story is in that 22 years that he lived to 94, he started one of the fastest growing real estate companies, Exit Realty. He became a pilot. He started an old timer skydiving group. Like it's incredible. Like you think your life has come to an end because of this diagnosis and you can go out there and literally kill it in the, in the workforce. So oh that's God. how I ended up getting into this. So I wasn't an entrepreneur at that time. I was actually working in government doing policy work. And, um, I thought I was going to change the world, save the planet <laughs> through environmental government work. No can do. 
And so I, uh, but when I learned about this therapy, he did that. I started teaching people that turned into my first health consulting business, Richer Health 15 years ago. And then from that, I mean, we've just grown a whole host of other companies. Gosh. Uh, skydiving and pilot friend, uh, we would get along. I've got some experience in those areas myself. <laughs> Ooh, you would have loved Bill. Yeah. Super um, awesome man. Yeah. It sounds like an awesome man. Well, you know, something interesting, physical health has been a focus. I think COVID shined a flashlight on that area for a lot of people over the last few years. And clearly we've got some opportunity as a country and you know, really globally around this area. And what's interesting is when, when we do trainings with the one thing and we do an activity um, around what's called seven circles and they're, they're kind of these key seven areas of your life. And one of them is physical health and we'll do an activity and ask people um, to set goals and, and they can choose any one of these areas and we have them kind of calibrate, like where do you want to focus? And where I'm going with this is take a guess, like of this, like we have thousands of people that have gone through this, of these uh, exercises, what percent of the time do you think they choose physical health as an area they want to focus? Like one per two percent. Yeah. Well, 3%. actually, like when they say like how well they're performing in this area, you're right. But when they say that this is something that's opportunistic that they want to focus on, it's like eighty percent of the time they're interested in setting goals in this area. But I think wow. the key takeaway there is they just lack the tools and the awareness to to really get started. Oh yeah, and I can see why that's possible because. You know, if you go back, I, I always, I love to tell my friends about this. So watch 1883. It's a really great show. Don't know where to find it, but prequel to um, Yellowstone. And, you know, we, since 1883 to here, we've come from trying to just, you know, build our first homes on this land to getting here today, 120 to 40 years later. Like it's, we've, human beings have really only become sophisticated. And I don't even know if we are yet, like in this last let's say decade for really, truly. And so when it comes to the wave of, you know, physical health, we didn't start running as humans until the, the late sixties when Phil Knight developed the running shoe for Nike. So, you know, it's been a very, very short time where physical, we, we don't have a lot of information about it, even though it feels like it's prevalent everywhere. And so I can understand why that is true. But what's unfortunate is that still most people don't know how to achieve optimal health at all, because right now we're, they're just being inundated by all of these different programs, diets, fad diets, everything. And they don't really know what true optimal health is being raised in this, I, you know, refined food lifestyle that we have too. Refined food. All mm -hmm. I can think of for some reason is Fritos when you said refined food and <laughs> I already am failing at the optimal <laughs> optimal health. Um, this, this actually speaks to me personally. So my dad um, has had prostate cancer twice. And during the process, he became paleo because it was said that from a nutritional standpoint, like it would really enhance him as a human. You could move through, you know, it, essentially it like saved him um, in a way to be able to go through this. So I'm, I'm so excited for you to dig into this program itself and, and how, you know, it really takes on the whole person. And to Chris's point, like, how do we look at this health circle that people want to focus on so much and really dig in deep on what optimal health looks like. Because, and sorry, this is very long-winded. <laughs> we are, like, 
Mediterranean diet, paleo, this, that, you know, the take B12, go in this direction. I mean, and, and for me as a female, like then you go on Instagram and you've got somebody that's selling you fat burners and looks like crazy, amazing in a bikini. And you're like, well, where do I start? Uh, and I think a lot of people are feeling that way right now. Sorry, that was very long-winded. No, I think <laughs> it's relatable. I mean, there's there's clearly an appetite. Uh, gosh, I didn't mean that as a pun. For for growth in this area, in, in, in physical health, people want it. They just, they need more tools. And there's probably a lot of personalization to the approach that matters too. Yeah, and I love that last point that you meant, that personalization is actually what they don't need. And okay. this might be counterintuitive to every physician out there, to every nutritionist, dietitian. And and what I mean by that is that really 99.9% of all our diets can all look the same across the world. And in fact, they all did look the same. So right now we don't need more information. We actually need people to just stop, take a breather, and they need to remember that this whole supplement industry, the diet fad cleanse industry, the like labeling our diets, like paleo Mediterranean, um, all of the, like all of this has got to come to an end and people have got to get in touch with themselves as a, as a species of nature, we are nature. We're made up of these cells. They need nutrients. They don't need just one nutrient, B12 or vitamin D or, you know, whatever it is. Vitamin K2 now is like everybody talks about that. But we need it all. And so when I say it's not a specific therapy, it means that we need to go back to the way that humans ate for millions of years without having any of these chronic diseases. So diabetes really wasn't prevalent in North America prior to the 1940s. Sure, there was like the odd case here and there, but it wasn't the one in three numbers that we're seeing now. Cancer was not one in two, you know, like it is today in every Western country. It used to be like one in 20 and one in 40 and one in 80. And it only used to be in people that were like, you know, uh, you know, 80 years old and over. So these diseases are elderly diseases. So when I say it's not specific, it means that we need to go back to eating real food, clean food. And this, and, and I love that your dad, you know, sought out diet and made those dietary changes and he sought out something that resonated with him. So that's good. And if he did it and it worked, then that is awesome. Um, but what we need to do is remember that really what we all need to be eating is a nutritarian diet. So what that means is every bite of food that goes in you, it is toxic free to the, as much as it can be. So it's clean because our bodies aren't meant to um, take in these human made toxins. And it also needs to be real and it needs to be nutrient dense. And the only way to get that it's not from eating, unfortunately, loads of meat. It's not from eating loads of dairy and loads of cheese. Um, that doesn't have any fiber in it. And our body needs fiber, number one. It also needs 125 other nutrients. And you're not going to get that in a high industrialized meat diet or dairy diet. You're going to get that from eating the foods that really humans ate for millions of years, which are Vegetables. a lot predominantly of the, yes, vegetables, yes. plant-based foods. And so- there's this un unfortunate myth that's been developed by non-researchers, non-scientists that we used to eat, be all just hunters, but actually we used to be gatherers 
and a little bit of hunters is what we used to be. And so we had to just eat the food that was in abundance all around you. And that's all the food that literally grows like weeds that we mow over. It grows on bushes and trees. It's underneath the earth. It's all our tubers and root vegetables. You know, it's all of these foods that really grow for free, but most of us are not purchasing them, picking them, growing them, buying them. So that's the first step that people need to really, really get clear on. Mm, so balance is what you're saying is important in your diet, a healthy balance of the right food. Well, balance of the right food. So in the, anytime we say balance, and it doesn't even have to be balance, a diversity is really, really great. But if all you had to eat was potatoes, just eat potatoes. But most people will opt in for eating French fries and French fries are not a real food. Or they'll opt in for eating, you know, store-bought hummus, which store-bought hummus is you know, delicious, but it is full of so many preservatives. It's full of so many fillers. It's full of dairy for the most part and a lot of places around the world. And so as opposed to eating the whole grain. And so there is, if you want to be chronic disease free, if you want to have a body that is lean and strong and doesn't have chronic inflammation, you got to give it nutrients. And that comes from the whole food, not the refined processed um, version of it. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like Breakfast on the Go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. So normally I would say in this situation, right, somebody here is plant-based and they're like, okay, I can just go to the grocery store and buy, you know, plant-based, I don't know, we can name probably. Plant-based. Yeah. And they're <laughs> they're up. probably thinking, oh yeah, I, that's going to be sufficient. And what we're saying is no, <laughs> not mm. at all. No, we also, you know, at the end of the day, our bodies, they want nutrients and it doesn't matter if you eat an apple, a carrot, a potato, a squash, it comes with a plethora of nutrients in there. And so the minute we go into the whole vegan world or the, even now the plant-based whole food world, which is really, it's still plant-based whole food, but it's processed. Mm -hmm. And if it comes in a box, if it comes in a bag or a package, what's happened is the food's been so denatured that actually governments force the food manufacturers to fortify the foods with supplements. So you're getting these synthetic supplements added to your food versus if you literally just went and bought the cheap vegetables, chopped them up, cooked them, ate them raw, did what blended them into soup or whatever, you know, you need to um, really focus on getting those whole foods from the whole food um, product itself. Wow. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a pretty big gap in education on, on what it means to eat 
uh, like you said, the right balance of foods, but ultimately <laughs> it's it's not leaning heavily into one of these diets or the other. Um, and because they're, they're, they're kind of, uh, built on you know, false pretense. And really like, I love what you said about, you know, eat, we've eat, eaten for millions of years because that is exactly how I approach my diet. And I'm really passionate about this topic. That's why I'm so excited to have you on today because it, it's something I, I believe in um, wholeheartedly. And I think it's, it shows up all over the board. Um, and the, the teams that, that we work with and the people that we work with, and as I mentioned before, when people self-select an area of their life they want to work on, increasingly more and more and more, they go to physical health. But like I said, I feel like they lack the tools and are even sometimes unaware of how much it's impacting their life. So I'd love to talk yeah. to you about, like, what are some things that, that people can do to either start forming habits or get the ball rolling from your experience around um, focusing on this area of their life? Yeah, one of the things that they need to start doing is instead of looking at the words, you know, how do I treat a disease? So, you know, I can walk outside and I can point to eight people out of 10 people and they will be on some sort of medication, whether it's for chronic inflammation and pain or whether it's for anxiety and depression and other mental health conditions, or it's heart disease or infertility, like infertility is on the rise right now. And we're able to turn in, like we can turn infertility on its head in any couple so quickly in just a few months. Like they're having babies after years of being told that I'm going to have babies. So diabetes, same thing. You can be diabetic for 25 years and we can help you and show you exactly how to reverse your diabetes in as little as seven days, but 30 days max. Like we're good. The doctors have you off all your meds. So the first thing people need to do first and foremost is know that their bodies are capable of self-healing when they are given the right conditions. So when we get out of our way and just let our body have exactly what it needs, which are these real whole foods. The second thing that they need to do is they need to stop looking externally. So, you know, they need to stop saying, well, can I eat this? Can I eat this? Should I eat this? Should I do that? And what they need to do is just understand, like go to the grocery store and choose anything that has one ingredient. And then I tell this, you know, I could put myself out of business basically telling people how to reverse their disease by doing this one trick. And it's to go to the grocery store and choose the foods that have one ingredient. So that means if it's a bag of potatoes, a bag of squash, um, a bag, you know, even if no, everybody's off eating potatoes, because again, faulty science mm -hmm. said potatoes are high in the glycemic index. That is, am I allowed to swear? Go for it. Sure. Go for <laughs> it. That is bullshit people like it is the biggest amount of crap and it's only high on the glycemic index in your body if your body is smoldering in chronic plaque in your arteries then yes you can't get insulin across the cell walls so for people the first thing that they need to do is know that their body can self-heal and then they need to just go out there and just start buying the vegetables and you might not like the taste of them. They might not be flavorful. You might not know how to cook them, but instead of saying, can I eat this? Ask, how do I eat it? Mm -hmm. And you can Google the recipes. You can do all of that. So there's really nothing holding you back. Even if you just started with five, five ingredients and you went home and made a dish out of five ingredients, that's the first thing. And then of course we need to stop using food as celebration because right now we're in this it is truly an epidemic of like scrolling through TikTok and scrolling through Instagram and liking all of these like food videos and, and 
but then you don't actually go into your kitchen and make it. And and then instead somebody calls you up and says, Hey, I just got a promotion. Let's go out and celebrate. And what do you do? You go for beers and nachos and, and, you know, you start basically treating your body like a trash can and, and that's celebrating. And that's the opposite. Like the person got the promotion because they want to make more money, live a long life, do all the things they love. And meanwhile, you're killing each other at Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and birthday parties. And we got to stop doing that. So that combination there is enough to get people started in um, making the right decisions for themselves. I feel like I could say the words butterboard and probably get a get a rise out of you if you've seen the, if you've seen this trend first of I'm all I'm mortified right now and I don't want to know what that is at all it is for those who are unaware of a butterboard it is the new charcuterie board where people just slather butter on a board and they leave all the accoutrements out for you to like take a piece of bread in a group so germ city and like take the bread and just dip it across the board and already like my arteries are clogged. (laughs) Yeah. And I think our world is going in this direction because people are actually, they don't have enough energy in their life to do the things that they truly want to do. So they're bored. So then they use food to liven up their lives. And it's the taste, like they're getting this dopamine hit from the next new thing. And as opposed to you know, and get your dopamine hits from doing extraordinary things in your life, like having the energy to run that marathon or start that business or volunteer in that organization, or even just play with your kids. Like I have so many clients that heal. And the number one thing that they say is they're like, oh my gosh, I have the energy to keep up with my kids. Like as a 45 year old, this is amazing. And they never thought they'd feel that way. And they often start crying and they realize on how much they've missed out on life because they're so exhausted. The only thing they can do is watch Netflix and eat butterboards. Oh, <laughs> that sounds horrible on that so many sad. levels. But, <laughs> but I think I so I'd like to talk a little bit about the kind of the net impact on your physiology and your mind and your mental capacity and you have a poor diet because I, I think we all everyone has a fundamental understanding that diet is an important part of your life or maybe not everyone, but it's a growing awareness, but mm-hmm. maybe we're not like acutely aware of all the places this shows up that can impact your happiness, your performance at work, um, your energy levels to spend time with your kids. And then you end up in this downstream effect of like self-perpetuating mm. bad cycle. So do you think you could share a little bit about that side of the uh, overall yeah. impact of, of poor health? Yeah, that's probably one of the best questions I've been asked on a podcast. So thank you for asking that question. Oh. So number one, we talked about energy, just having the energy to be able to do whatever it is you want to do. A lot of our clients, we just had a client who couldn't run for years, did our program, healed her body physically. Then she had so much energy that for her 50th birthday, she ran a 50K um, race and did really well. That's awesome. So, you know, and and we have another woman who went and did her PhD after she healed. Um, So yes, energy gives you the body Uh, or the ability to physically do the things you want, but mentally do the things that you want. A lot of my clients are suicidal. They're entrepreneurs. They're super busy. They're really stressed. They're eating unhealthy. And so they, they actually can't handle the volume of stress in their life. And so for them, without having the energy to handle that stress or the mental clarity to handle that stress, for them, their brain gives them the only possible solution, which is, you know, take your own life. 
And it's incredible. Within three or four days, there are different humans. They're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe four days ago I was feeling like I wanted to leave my partner, quit my job, take my own life, you know, and, and all of a sudden they're like loving life. And then, you know, a couple months in, they're just doing these extraordinary things. And so it's your mental health that gets hugely impacted. You cannot, you cannot manage a panic attack when your body is not neutrified because you don't have enough magnesium to manage those stress hormones, not to mention the potassium and everything else and all the other chemicals that are in your body um, that are, you know, rampant. It's your hormones. So we'll talk about your relationships when you eat well. It's amazing what it does for your relationships because your libido goes up when you're eating poorly and you're eating a diet that's predominantly refined sugar. It's and sugar is good for you when it comes from the whole foods. So let me just clarify that, but refined sugar, refined salt, refined fats, high meat diet, it literally crushes your libido because it constricts your arteries and all of those microcapillaries run all the way down the shaft of your penis. They also run down to your labia. They're like lighting up your brain. And so then what you have is hormones aren't signaling, your libido suffers, you can't get an erection, you don't want to have sex, um, and you also don't feel attractive as well. You also don't have the brain capacity because of that mental fog. So your body's not creating the dopamine and serotonin. Most people don't know this, but 95% of your feel-good hormones are created by your microbiome in your large intestine. Not by your brain, but by your large intestine, the microbiome. And so you're not getting the dopamine hits as well. And life just feels blah. So the net impact on that is that you're also not able to really be a contributor in your society as well. And so you're slogging through your days. You don't want to get out of bed. Even if you do want to get out of your bed, it's just hard to think clearly. And so you're not making wise decisions for yourself. And that impacts every single area of your life as well. Man, I, I love that you brought up the relationship between your gut health and mental health because there's a lot of new um, breakthrough awareness in that area. And I've, I've been trying to pay attention. I'm not as educated as I should be. So I just know that there's benefit. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's all you need to know is that it's con it's connected 100%. So whatever you do to your gut, you're ultimately doing to your brain as well. You know, you talked about uh, your ability to handle a panic attack or maybe a stressful situation in a smaller scale or anxiety. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people can relate or everyone can relate to where that shows up for them at work or at home. And you, you end up in these really pivotal situations where you need to have good judgment, but you are in a position where you're physically not capable of having the clarity that you need to have to make the right decision. And I think the over time, the the kind of gross impact of that is just, it's hard to measure, but you end up for years in this place. And if you can't, and we, it, we talk about dominoes a lot on this podcast, and it's part of our, our concept is, is how are you lining up dominoes in your life to achieve goals? So you knock one over, it knocks the next over, et cetera. But you talk about a lead domino and your physical state, if you're not there and you're not able to identify where you want to go clearly or how to deal with the situation, I mean, you're, you're, you're missing, I think the first domino. Oh yeah. 100%. It starts with that ability to uh, envision the life that you want. And I know a lot of my clients, they can't envision the life that they want because they feel that they're trapped in their physical body as a result of the 
the, the condition. And there is not a single person out there who has diabetes, heart disease, autoimmune disorder, chronic pain, arthritis, cancer, like you name the illness where it's not a pa- impacting them emotionally, mm. soulfully, their spirit. And so for them, they don't see a future because they're so in the present moment, which we all say we want to be in the present moment, but they're so in the fight or flight present moment, like you know, am I going to get better? Do I have to take more medications? Am I going to have to get that surgery? Like I won't be able to do this and I won't be able to do that. As opposed to when you're liberated from all of that, it's so easy and clear to see not just the next domino and the next one. You can see literally 10 years down the road and you're making plans for yourself, for your business, for your family. Like you're picturing yourself walking down your, your daughter's, you know, you know, aisle when she gets married. Um, you know, you have that ability, but with, when our physical health is impacted, it's it's really hard to envision that future that we want. Yeah, and even in in the smaller, shorter term circumstances, just make good decisions, right? I mean, if you're, oh. you're you get triggered by uh, something in, in in the workplace, it's hard to form good relationships because you're always on on that trigger state. Um, well, and we've created as a society this thing that we call stress eating, where we say, oh, I'm so stressed out. I'm just going to eat a tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I'm not speaking from experience because obviously <laughs> I have no idea. But it, we we put these, it's like we name these things and then we kind of glorify them in a way that makes it seem like, oh, when you get stressed, you just stressy and that's okay. When in reality, if you ate cleanly and you got, you know, a nutritious diet and you were eating these whole foods, you were probably creating more clarity in your brain to be able to make the right decisions or move yourself out of that stress. So you're not like, it just goes back to the dominoes. It's like, if you just ate well, yeah, it's the first step. And I, uh, you were talking about, um, the disease and its impact. And like, I think the inclination to go to medication versus, um, you know, a nutritious whole diet that has this quick turnaround. Uh, I have a personal experience. A friend of mine, very close friend of mine, was uh, got diagnosed with some thyroid challenges, and and you know, without knowing all the specific details, because he didn't share, uh, they were instantly like, "Hey, medication! You know, you're on this. This is how we fix this problem." And thankfully, he's the type of person to uh, uh, go the alternative route, and he just changed his diet and completely. And then I think less than thirty days, got his blood tested again, and it was there was zero sign of that deficiency, just like exactly. that. It is, it is so fast for so many diseases, the turnaround time where you could go from, you know, the doctor saying, okay, we're going to put you on all these medications and we're going to do surgery to never having to take that medication and get that surgery. And um, I was in a similar position myself. And when you talk about not being able to make good decisions, um, you know, because your body's impacted and your brain is impacted. I mean, I know that very well. Um, I ran my body to the ground, building out our third restaurant and having three little kids running around and having my health consulting business at the same time and being on five boards. And, you know, and it was a little, it was too much. I was also doing my, my PhD and like, it was just too, too, too much. And my thing is not that I wasn't eating well, it's that I was just forgetting to eat. So I wasn't even Mm. making good, healthy choices. And I know this information. So I would have my healthy meal and it would be cold in the backseat of my car at five o'clock at night. And I never ate it that morning. So I would go the whole day without eating. Um, I would have a cup of coffee. 
Um, you know, I might have one glass of wine at night. I'm not a big drinker, but not even like one glass a night, a week or a month. And, but it was without getting enough nutrients in my body, I wasn't able to think clearly. And then you slowly start making even worse and worse and worse decisions. And so you start burning the candles at the, you know, both ends. And then for me, my inflammatory markers went through the roof. I started getting all of these thyroid readings that I never had in my life, like come back, um, in really, really quite bad. The doctors were very concerned. And they brought me in and they're like, Nikki, you're going to have a heart attack in less than five years if you don't put your program in place for yourself. And so I did. And, and that scared me enough to go, okay, you know what? I called my team. I said, you're on your own for the next 30 days. Well, within three days, you know, 50% of my markers were back to normal within six days. They were all back to normal. I didn't have the chronic pain in the body. I didn't have the night sweats. I didn't have the, you know, brain fog. All of it was gone. And so, and by the time 30 days rolled around, like I was golden. Um, and, and all of those symptoms that I'd had for really a year that I was ignoring all melted away in less than 30 days. And so for people out there, if you're thinking this is going to take months and years, it's not going to, but even just going back to that initial, you know, question that you have about that immediate impact that it has on your ability to make good decisions. Well, I have clients that cannot even read a paragraph when they come to me because slowly over the years, their brain health as a result of their physical health is just declined that they don't even have the ability to learn anything. So they'll go to someone and they'll explain like, Hey, do this. Like I'll teach you how to eat well, or I'll teach you about this therapy that might work for you or treatment or whatever. And they're just, they're actually cannot even make a decision because they're in just constant fight or flight and their brain is like shut off. And then what's awesome is like a month in, they're coming to me and they're like, oh, give me that book or what did you recommend? Or I want to listen to that podcast or, you know, they're ready to start learning again. And when you start learning, it's amazing what happens because you just, you know, you're able to be informed about really important things that will make you make those really important decisions. Uh, yeah, the momentum gets rolling downhill. You start scoring some wins, feels good. Awesome, awesome, yeah, it happens fast. I'd be curious and I'm kind of going back a couple of steps um, and this is a personal question um, and we don't have to keep this into the podcast, but <laughs> what is your opinion? And this is because it's a fad right now. Everyone's talking about intermittent fasting. We've even talked about it a little bit on the podcast. Is, mm-hmm. is this still something that with your program you would recommend? Or is it something that like, if you're eating whole foods and you're focused on the right foods, then you don't necessarily need to put your body through that strain. I don't know if it's actually strained, but. No, it's, it's a positive strain on the body. And I do believe in intermittent fasting. I think it's fantastic, but not for my clients because when my clients need to reverse their disease, One of the reasons why they have the illness to begin with is nutrient deficiency, which results in total body toxicity. So that means all the environmental pollutants that are coming into your body through the air, soil, water, food, everything is going to have to get cleaned out somehow. But also you have the metabolic toxins. So your body's just breaking down every day. Like your red blood cells last 120 days and then they have to be dismantled and eaten up by the body and then eliminated. So you have your internal and external toxins. So when your body is nutrient deficient, everything starts breaking down and predominantly your detoxification pathways. So it's a double whammy. The more nutrient deficient you are, the more toxic you are. So then you throw an intermittent fasting into a sick body. Mm. Intermittent fat. Well, what it's doing, A, it's not teaching people 
how to eat well. So every intermittent fasting medical doctor, not talking about coaches that have no scientific background, I'm talking about like doctors, they know intermittent fasting is not the solution. What intermittent fasting does is it gets you to stop eating the shit food for those 16 hours, eight hours, 10 hours. But what's important is that that person is learning how to eat well. So when in those eight hour windows where they are eating, they are eating nutrient dense. But here's the other thing. It's really hard to eat enough calories in an eight hour window. Most people can't even do it in a, you know, 16 hour window. There are three meals a day or two really good, healthy, nutrient dense meals. So you're actually limiting the time that you can get more nutrients into your body. So this is a problem. And so then people think, well, I'm just going to juice my food and I'll just do a juice cleanse and I'll do smoothies and I'll do this so they can get all this food into them. But that's hampering your digestive fires, so to speak. So you're not able, so you're actually slowing down your metabolism even more thinking you're doing well. So it just ends up being this cascading effect. So ultimately what people need to do is they need to A, get healthy first through food, through eating nutrient dense meals as often as possible. And really, and most people are under eating, so we have to increase their caloric count. And so that's a beautiful thing is you get to eat more when you do our program than you've ever eaten before. And you are guaranteed to lose weight. You are guaranteed to reverse your disease. Oh, I shouldn't say that. I can never say guaranteed. Um, Highly likely. I would pay you a million bucks. <laughs> I would pay you a million bucks to do our program and try and not reverse your disease. You know, if you have a chronic degenerative disease. Um, and so... Oh my God, people are probably going to hold me to that now, right? Am I out a million? Am I out a few million right now? So, so that's what's important. Then when you get to the place where you're off all your meds, you have perfect brain health, you have amazing physical health, you have so much energy that you're just like, ah, I don't know what to do with it. When you get to that place, then I would say do intermittent fasting. And then it's a benefit to you above that because it's a positive stress on the body. I'm trying to listen as a podcast host, but my brain is going to like learning. Personal and experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, like, Ask thinking, me questions. I'm all good. Well, <laughs> like, what do you do for migraines? Oh my gosh. I, uh, Ooh. I, that's a good one. I, migraines. You want me to answer that really fast? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I have so many clients that have had migraines 24 days a month, 27 days a month, 30 days a month. So what everybody should do is go over to my podcast, Eat Realty Healed, and they should just listen to the podcast I did with one of my clients, Andrew Rosen. He's a financial advisor in the States. He's a super busy man, 30 migraines a month. Oh my God. Um, never thought our program would ever work because he has was on every medication for migraines until the point that the medications weren't working anymore. And your body, your brain and your body are connected. So whatever is happening below the neck is going to happen above the neck. So it's the same thing. Nutrify your body, get rid of your nutrient deficiencies so your body can detoxify. Everything in your body goes back into balance, homeostasis, and you will not have these pressures on all the organs, which manifest as pressure in the brain, which manifest as pain. And then all of a sudden the migraines go away. Wow. There you go. Solution. Well, listen I'm going to the go podcast. Listen to the nice podcast. Plug. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> well, you said you said something about intermittent fasting to go to go back to that. I, I share my own personal experience there because curious what you think. I mean, I just I don't do the big uh, windows. I just don't eat breakfast, and I usually eat. I wait and to eat until to eat until afternoon, um, 
and night controversial opinion. I stopped drinking coffee in the mornings. And for me, it was game changer. Um, my oh, energy yeah. levels are, are much higher. I feel better. I feel like giving my digestive system a break in the, in the evening, in the morning is just, it's done something for me. And it not drinking beautiful. caffeine. Yeah. In the morning, I feel like I don't have a crash in the afternoon. I'll have a cup of coffee if I feel like it in the afternoon, but I feel like it's way less impactful. Yeah. Coffee is not the best for us to tell you the truth. So I think cutting out the coffee was probably one of the big contributors to that. My clients don't drink coffee when they're trying to reverse their disease. It's, it just, it actually depletes your magnesium stores when we're trying to actually get your magnesium levels higher than your calcium levels. And so it just, it's counterintuitive. Yeah. No, it so, makes sense. It makes yeah, sense. Coffee is not, a, it's not a great thing. And there's so many alternatives that you can do if you feel like you want that coffee style beverage in the morning. Um, and the intermittent fasting is great. You already sound like somebody who's, who knows a lot about health. And so you're probably making a lot, um, I would say wiser decisions, um, than a lot of other sure. people out there. I appreciate and that so by the way. Thank you. You're you're welcome. So you're <laughs> gonna you're gonna feel those effects a lot sooner. Um, but for for other individuals, we need to get them eating a lot of these nutrients because we have to get their nutrient stores back up to even just your baseline. I would say your baseline is probably 50% more um, higher than, than most of my clients, that, like even maybe 75% yeah. higher. That, that makes, that makes complete sense. I mean, you have to get to that place first and then kind of earn the right to go to a, like a, like a more, for lack of a better term, kind of advanced strategy or approach. Exactly. Exactly. And intermittent fasting. I mean, it's been in there for my, I was born in Africa in a little tiny village that to this day still has no electricity or running water. And so fasting is not just a, you know, privileged, you know, Western scientific um, trend that, you know, they, they follow. I mean, it's, it's out of sustenance living uh, and survival. And so we can do it. Our bodies have known how to do it for millions of years. And so it's not a bad thing to do, but while you're trying to reverse your disease, I would say like, let's get the nutrients in first. Mm. I love that they always say at the gym that I go to, you don't know how strong your body is and how much it can do. You it's just all in your brain. So you're capable of so much more. Well, let's can we can we shift a little bit uh, of a gear and and talk about an environment or environments that would um, set us up for success in this. And it, if if you're open to it, I'd like to tie it a little bit more to the workplace and thinking about an organization and. Um, you know, if you're the leader of an organization, you're an entrepreneur building a business or you work in one, like, is there anything you could offer around how to create or encourage healthier environments for team members or inside of organizations? Yeah, it's the best place to start. If you're an entrepreneur and you have a team environment where you have, you know, employees, staff, team members working for you, um, they can be online, it can be in an office, it doesn't matter. But the number one thing you want to do is encourage your employees to eat real food. And the reason for this is, you know, we've come out of the last 20 years of introducing yoga into the workplace. And I'm a yoga instructor. So when I say this, I'm allowed to, you know, you know, so teaching yoga, teaching meditation, and we're teaching <laughs> mindfulness, and we're teaching all of these wonder. They're so important. So important. Meanwhile, we're feeding our employees. It's like staff cafeterias and at meetings, and we're literally giving them the foods that create the disease. So we're suppressing their mind 
while we're paying very expensive, you know, uh, for very expensive wellness programs that teach you how to free the mind, like it doesn't make sense. So if you are an entrepreneur, an HR manager, uh, human resources manager, you want to create an environment where your team members can access clean, real food. Uh, for example, stop taking them out for steak dinners. You're, you're clogging their <laughs> arteries and you are, you know, sabotaging their organs. You're not giving them fiber. You're not giving them nutrients. And instead, feed them real food. And you can bring in, you know, we have a program that we teach in corporations where we go in and we'll work with your entire team to teach them how to reverse their chronic diseases. And that includes getting their spouses involved in the program as well, oh, wow. because we need the whole family eating well together. That's a because great point. Because the amount of lost time, you know, in going to appointments for family members or for yourself, it's, you know, it's through the roof. So the number one place that I would say, you know, entrepreneurs should start is definitely with changing that environment. And as well, when you have one or two uh, team members that are eating clean and eating well, you cannot tolerate the, the, um, the teasing that happens in the workplace from mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. who don't know anything about nutrition, um, that it happens to the people who do know a lot about nutrition. So they're like, oh, you're eating like a bird and come on, like, just have the muffin, have the cake. Like you're so uptight about your diet and, you know, you got to quit dieting. When somebody's eating nutrient dense food, that is not dieting. That is actually living. When right. you're eating, you know, like you and, you know, Dr. Michael Greger has, has a book called How Not to Die or The End of Dieting, or, you know, he's got a lot of books, but it's about how diet, like we should be looking at individuals that are dieting and saying, hey, let's put an end to that. Yeah. That's mm. Something come, as you're going through that, something came to mind for me um, about, I mean, we have the classic kind of office environment. Obviously, we've seen a big shift to work from home um, over the last several years, a little bit of a pendulum swing back somewhere, you know, along the way here in the next six, 12 months, we'll see. Uh, but thinking even about both those environments and making sure you create a culture where people have the time to actually go eat and like eat healthy food, because that's where and you see it even from the work from home. People just work straight through lunch yeah. and you're like, you know, I don't have the time to go. Uh, you know, eat something healthy. It's like, I'm either just not going to eat. Like the experience you were talking about when you were really busy with your restaurant and your kids and, and your PhD. Uh, but as a leader, how do you encourage people to take the time to be healthy so they have the energy and the willpower in the back half of the day to be productive and not encourage an environment of, hey, like work through lunch? Yeah. So that's where I'm a slight bit of a hypocrite because I have my beautiful eat real to meal here right now. That it's looks just delicious, like, by the that way. That looks so <laughs> good. <laughs> so good. It's, um, and you know, and what time is it to something and, uh, and I still haven't eaten it. I'm not concerned about that for the most part. I do eat at my desk a lot, um, which is not ideal. So I'll tell you what would be ideal in a perfect world. And, um, so one of the things it's really easy to do, and I've done this in most of the workplaces um, prior to me starting my own businesses, is I would, because I loved eating healthy, I got to, I was fortunate to learn about clean eating from my mom and coming from Africa. And so I would always choose a restaurant um, or a few restaurants in the city. And I would just say to everybody in my workplace, hey, I'm going to order from and, you know, are you in collect the money order? So then we're all eating really similar food. So nobody can, you know, poo poo the other person <laughs> for eating, you know, their special diet. 
So nowadays there are options to actually source really healthy food. When you cater, you know, it would be to cater healthy food in, it would be to form an environment where, you know, you meet in the staff room and maybe you have a challenge. So when I work with companies, we do, um, we'll do a challenge, like let's say how many fruits and vegetables and whole grains and and legumes can you get into your diet in a given week? Like, you know, if you can hit 50, then you're going to get a prize or if you can, but this all starts from putting a little thought into wanting a healthy environment. So then what you could do is say, everybody we're going to meet, or we're going to do potluck, or, you know, there's so many different things you can do and it doesn't have to take any more time. The person's still only going to be there, you know, for half an hour, 45 minutes eating together, but it creates an environment where food is a priority nutritious food is the priority. And, um, and so you can do that. Of course, I'm all for our team members eating throughout the day. So I'm not going to say you need to eat at 12 and you need to, that is a colonialized, right. you know, oppressive, um, and suppressive mindset. So instead it's, you know, if your team member doesn't want to eat their breakfast before they get to work, let them eat at 10, let them eat at two, let them eat at whatever time, let them eat during meetings, as long as they're not like crunching carrots and, um, and distracting everybody, but, you know, so create an environment where it's okay to eat when people are feeling hungry, when it's snack time, that dip at 2 PM, you know, make sure that there is healthy options available and, and send out a reminder by email and say, Hey, you know, Granny Smith apples in the, in the staff room or, or have you had your whatever glass of nutritious beverage or food or whatever. So there's a lot of things you can do in the workplace. I think from a work from home situation too, it sounds like something that would be easy to instate is like time blocking, right? And respecting other people's time when they have lunch on their calendar. So like, for example, in our organization, we are all able to look at each other's calendar and see what's happening. So, you know, not calling somebody during their lunch and respecting their time to let them have that moment to get that nutritious meal would probably be a great way to start too with the work from home folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And book your meals together too, because mm. so much of being healthy really is centered around community and connection. And so encourage your employees to have uh, a few pals that they get together with and whether it's on zoom, you know, they're sitting outside in the sun and they have their phones on and they're talking about things. What's beautiful is then they get to, you know, Hey, what are you eating? Why are you eating that? Tell me more. How did you make that? And so you can also do that as well as and most people don't like eating alone they want to be eating while they're with other people so creating that environment but I do love the idea of not like absolutely like do, do not try and have meetings while over lunch while people are, should be focusing on chewing and mindful eating and swallowing and digesting well and you said something earlier which I thought was really impactful with which is uh if it if you're doing this in a team and you're really promoting healthy eating within a team, it really also bleeds into your home life, your spouses. Like how, how are <laughs> I have this conversation often. If I'm not the one who's dieting and I'm eating shit foods, I'm not promoting my partner's healthy eating and also not promoting my own healthy eating. So it really is like, it could turn into quite a spiral if you're not doing in one place or the other and vice versa. So I loved that point that you made about bringing it home. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And having visibility into each other's goals mm -hmm. around health and encouraging each other, not, not just at home, but even in the workplace. And we, we talk a lot about 
uh, a tool we call the 411. And to give you some context, it's it's a, a goal setting tool that allows you to set annual goals personally and professionally. And we mm-hmm. kind of focus on the whole person. And it's what we do internally. We live um, what we what we teach, but we also train organizations to do this as well. And the benefit of that, I mean, obviously you can't force a team member to set personal goals if they're not open to it, but you can earn the right and you can encourage it. And if they have a personal health goal as a leader uh, or even a team member, if you have visibility into that, like celebrate that with them, be a positive influence. If they're like, hey, I want to you know, lose some weight or whatever that goal might be, um, if it ties into this, this conversation, then you know, be a positive influence in that, help hold them accountable, like encourage that kind of growth and you can have a, a really big impact on someone. And it's something that I've experienced personally with, with my team. And I've seen some tremendous growth from some of my team members around uh, their physical health and just, the, you know, 12 months. And it's just focusing on it and being a partner for them in that process. Exactly. And it does start with the leadership team as well. It's uh, if they're healthy, then what happens is they're going to, they're just going to, it's going to be contagious. Everybody else is going to start asking like, Hey, what are you doing? What is it that, you know, what are you doing differently there? Cause people will notice. And one story, if I can just share with you is um, one of my colleagues in my PhD program, she's in the Canadian military and she's one of the highest commanding like left lieutenant. She's been in the military for 22 years. They do fitness tests every single week, I think. And so she did our program just for fun. She didn't have a chronic disease, but she had chronic pain. Like she wasn't able to run. She wasn't able to do a bunch of these things. Um, and so she did our program just for fun. And what happened is the chronic inflammation went away in her knee. She can fully run again, despite the surgery that she had that prevent, like wasn't allowing her to run. Um, And then what happened is all the other commanders and officers and colonels and et cetera, started to see her outperform them in these weekly tests that they do. And they also start to see their body changed and that her mental health changed and she has so much energy and they're like, what are you doing? And so now all of these people are doing our program in the Canadian army and, and it's contagious. It literally rubs off. But if you have a leader that in your organization that is perpetuating unhealthy habits. So for example, working overtime, not taking breaks, not sitting down to eat mindfully, not eating nutritious food, um, ending, you know, having, going for meetings over beer and pizza versus there's so many healthier options to choose from, you know, you're going to create a workforce like that. And that leader, that entrepreneur, that CEO is going to actually pay the price because their team members are not going to be productive. Yeah. It's impossible for them to be productive on this standard American diet, unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah, it, at the very least, not performing at their true potential. And then oh, you, you put that yeah. across the whole team and you put it at scale and that, that impact starts to look look very noticeable. Very noticeable, yeah. And those people can, like we go back to that, what we said earlier, they're not going to be able to envision really any goals for themselves, whether it's career-related, work-related, um, you know, personal, everything. And so you bring in all these wellness programs that are like, hey, let's envision the life you want. And they're not even getting the most out of these, you know, expensive programs that they're building, bringing into the workplace. Yeah, it lacks true education and, and like tools that, that for application that uh, in my own experience and being around some of those, those wellness programs, I, I found no value in them personally. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I've sat through them too during times when I wasn't treating my body well and you're just like, 
thanks for the break. I'll just sit here and, you know, not participate for four hours because I don't have to work. And so, and it's really that, that what you want to do is that where, where you want to spend your hard earned dollars, not really. Well, and let's face it, there was a point in time where we were giving people smoking breaks. So if we can, if we can allow smoking breaks, (laughs) there's room for growth. For celery 2 p.m. break. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and now they're giving people time to be able to come to work and they're put gyms in offices. They're doing, you know, so we look at physical activity. And the one thing I'll say about that is you cannot exercise your way out of a chronic degenerative disease. You cannot do it but you can eat your way out of it. And so that should say something to um, creators of environments, you know, workplaces for team members. And it's to encourage people to eat well. And when they do that, it's amazing because they don't even have to exercise half as much and they're going to be 10 times, 100 times healthier. Yeah, because your diet then influences your your body's like hormone levels and your hormone levels will influence your your thyroid and your weight and those things, you, the, the results will come from there first and as a foundation. Exactly. Yeah. Muscle development, absolutely everything. Yeah. Wow. It's all connected. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the biggest thing is fulfillment at work. So if you're, you know, an entrepreneur, you're, you, you run an organization, even if you run, even if you run a small team, you're going to see a much higher level of fulfillment and, you know, longevity from your team members. They'll, they'll want to be around this environment that's conducive to their happiness and to their fulfillment. So, and, and then you get to, you know, go home every day knowing that you're creating a better opportunity for your team. Oh, exactly. And that trickles down into our society as well. Like we said, it trickles down into the family, it trickles through the family, into the community. And it really is, and, you know, sure, let's create your healthy work environment so that you get to prosper and benefit from that. But it actually is the pathway to creating sustainable, healthy communities. Nicolette, can you, I want to give you the opportunity and I'm actually very curious, but can you tell us more about your Richer at Work Peak Performance Program and the Eat Real to Heal Peak Performance online course? Yeah, definitely. So we have a few different programs, whether you're going to come work with me one-on-one and I'll walk you through your chronic disease reversal, um, you know, process. And then I also go into corporations and I teach companies how to create an eat real to heal lifestyle. So that's the richer at work program. So you can be richer in life at home, richer in work. And that program I'll come in and I'll do a workshop for the entire team. And What we do is we do a full audit as well. So it's all anonymous um, and we track how many chronic diseases people are dealing with, which ones they're dealing with, medication usage, um, you know, everything from happiness, uh, wellness. So we look at everything and we do a whole health wheel. So we look at your entire wheel, um, which means we're looking at your spiritual health, your mental health, physical health, you know, your career satisfaction, everything, your family, your relationships, et cetera. And so we take note of that and we create this wheel. And then we audit the company throughout the entire year. And so in that, people get access to our Eat Realty Hill program. They get weekly group coaching and we track everything. We track weight loss, even though weight loss is not a priority to us. We barely talk about weight loss, but you know, the HR managers like to track that. But we actually track something called presenteeism. And presenteeism is your ability to be productive at work because you are not missing time because of your illness. And I don't mean just missing time, like not showing up to work because you're sick that day because you had a mass inflammatory flare up, but being at work 
and not being productive because you're not feeling well. And what a lot of employers don't realize is this rate of presenteeism is going up. And, and this is where your employer employees show up. They're not calling in sick because they're not vomiting, throwing up. They don't have the flu, but they are dealing with the side effects and the symptoms of their chronic diseases that they live with day in and day out. Plus on top of that, they're missing work for appointments with doctors and specialists. Their family is often not healthy. If they're not healthy, their family is not healthy. So then they're missing days at work to be with their sick family members. And as you can see, that 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 team member is it, there's so much lost productivity and this has been calculated by huge huge researching firms to show that um, we have such a loss in productivity in North America as a re result of these chronic diseases and it's a massive massive impact on our uh, not just our own personal wellness but the health of the entire country and the nation. So with Richard Work we support you for an entire year and all of your team members can get on group coaching calls ask all the questions, tell me about their doctor's appointments, get specific into the science of using food as medicine to reverse your chronic disease. Um, and yeah, like I said, we support the employee and their uh, spouse as well. And Nicolette, where can folks go if they're interested in learning more? Yeah, you can go to richeratwork.com and you can book a call with us and we'll, you know, do an audit of your company and we'll um, walk you through the program and you can get started that way. You can definitely go to any one of our web websites. Um, NicoletteRichet.com is a good way to find me and where else? Follow us on Instagram and and all the green mustache. If you're in Canada and you want to come check out our restaurants, you can find us at thegreenmustache.com. That's awesome. Uh, well, we like to close out our podcast with one question, which is if you could have our listeners take away just one thing from the time today, what would it be? Hmm. And that's such a good question. I would say the best, you know, they say the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. So you don't want to listen to this podcast that today and just go, meh, I'll deal with that later. A lot of people wait to hit rock bottom before they get started. But really what you, and I know what I've said, what you've said in this show, there's so much invaluable information and to wait another day to get started is it really, it breaks my heart because I can almost predict where you're going to end up if you don't get started today, implementing all of the things that we talked about today. And it can just be as simple as go to the grocery store and start choosing foods that are one ingredient foods and then go home, Google it, try and figure out how to turn that into a healthy, delicious meal. It's not hard to do. There's so much information out there. So get started today and just use your body like a living laboratory while you're learning. Don't think that you're going to, you know, learn the entire science of reversing chronic disease in one night. It's a process and it starts with just letting something land in you. So if you heard this podcast and you are like, nah, I don't believe that to be true, plant that seed today and just start experimenting because it'll be this beautiful cascading effect. And you are just going to start to feel better, start to have more energy. You're going to start to want your family to follow suit and be healthy. And in five years from now, instead of being presented with a chronic disease as a diagnosis, if you don't have one today, 
what will happen is you'll look back and be like, oh my God, look at the life I've created for myself over the last five years of just taking that first step from listening to this show. Awesome, Nicola. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. And you, I mean, like I said before, I've learned so much today, not as a podcast host, but as an individual. And I'm probably going to think twice before I eat some of the foods that I normally eat. (laughs) Nicola, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to The One Thing Podcast. If you're a bold risk taker who wants to dream big and achieve a higher level of success in your life or business, visit theonething.com. There you'll find information on -on one-on-one coaching, our exclusive community membership program, and customized workshops that will help you get your team or organization aligned and rowing in the same direction. That's T-H-E, the number one, dot com to start living the life you've always dreamed of today. Be sure to follow the show to stay up to date on weekly episodes, guest interviews, and more. Plus, we would love to hear from you. Send us a voice note by going to speakpipe.com slash the one thing or email us at podcast at the one thing.com. We'll see you next week.